Hello, folks. Welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and uh, thanks for stopping by the podcast this week. I feel like maybe we should do a quick recap of where we've been over the last seven weeks in this series. Um, In case you're new here, in May I released an album and a book called Only the Lover Sings, Meditations on the Woman at the Well, and Story and Song. This book is full of essays that a variety of writers wrote in response to the songs on the album. So week one, Andrew Roycroft shared his essay, A Stranger on the Road, uh, which was a response to the first song on the album called Looking for You. And we talked about how diabolical shame tells us that God hates us. But what if we found out that he'd actually been pursuing us in love all this time? Week two, Lanier Ivester read some of Egerton Hill, which is a companion essay to the song Every Beauty. And we looked at how God has created a world of beauty through which he calls out to us and invites us to himself. Then week three, I introduced you to Thea Rosenberg, and she read from Below the Tideline, her essay response to the song The Well. And that week we looked at how Jesus brings the love of God within reach for us. He meets us in a place and in a way that's just right. Then week four, we met Adam Whipple, whose essay In the Darkness of Noontide was a response to the song, Everything But You. And we looked at the idea that when our own desires get warped, we can become our own worst enemies. And then week five, Heidi White shared about St. Fotini in her essay, Embracing a New Name, which accompanies the song, Trying to Get My Heart Back. And that week we looked at um, how we've been so deeply hurt by others that it can feel impossible to hope. But Jesus understands that, and he makes a way for new things. Then week six, I shared about the death of Jesus in my essay, The Way Home, that goes with the song, The Heart of Our God. And we looked at how the death of Jesus interfaces comprehensively with all that needs healing in humanity and the world, and unblocks the way to our true home in God's heart. And then last week, week seven, we heard from essayist Jessie Todd as she shared from Excavation, her companion essay, to the title track of the album, Only the Lover Sings. And we looked at how scary it is to open ourselves to Jesus, but if we do, we'll be surprised to find out that we really are His beloved. Then this week, week eight, uh, now I want to introduce you to my friend Adam Nettesheim who chose the song The Return of the Prodigal Son and wrote a wonderful essay called Learning to Walk Again. I am aching, brother, aching For some place to lay my head I am searching, darling, searching For a bit of daily bread Well, I thought I heard you speaking Thought I felt you drawing like the touch of some old memory that I wait for yet to hear. Oh, the 
return of the prodigal son. Years ago, someone, I don't remember who, introduced me to a little Henry Nouwen book called The Return of the Prodigal Son. Nouwen spends a couple hundred pages meditating on Rembrandt's famous painting of Jesus' parable. It's a great book. And it turns out that for Nouwen, Rembrandt's painting worked for him much like the picture of Jesus and the Samaritan woman in John 4 worked for me. Both of these scenes of encounter came at times of intense sorrow and seasons full of death for both of us. Nowen contemplated Jesus' parable via Rembrandt's painting, and I contemplated the picture St. John painted of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Nowen and I both found that the Lord met us in surprising and healing ways. Fun fact, I first read Nowen's book something like 15 years ago. I loved it then, and I wrote the first version of this song, I think, somewhere around 2009. But it never felt finished, and so I laid it aside. But somehow, it would never quite allow me to forget about it entirely. So, every few years, I'd pick it up and I'd fiddle with it, I'd rework something and get frustrated and toss it back in the pile. Um, But when this album started to materialize, I picked up this song one more time, but this time my life was in such a different place. Over the many years since I first encountered Nowen's book and began this song, I had been married, divorced, and spent a long time grieving. I'd been lost in a foreign land, For a long while, I had turned desperately towards home, and my father's house was just coming into view over what I had hoped would be the last hill. And so, this song meant more to me than it ever had, and uh, and it wanted to be finished, and it wanted to be included in this project. One of the last pieces to pull this song together was a line that my friend Amy Lee wrote. She said, We live our lives on the brink of a great beginning. Isn't that an amazing line? Uh, So it occurred to me that this is true for the prodigal son. At every moment in his story, he's on the brink of a great beginning. And for me, the decision to turn and face home, it's always there. And like the woman at the well, this lost son is astonished to be met um, by such an impossibly loving reception. So in the narrative sequence of this album, let's say last week's song was about wanting to stop hiding and desiring to turn for home. Well, this song is about that tipping point, the, the turning itself. The lost son and the Samaritan woman decide to take a wild chance on God. What if Jesus does still love me? What if he can actually make a way home? And that, that, that's where we begin, with very wobbly, tentative steps turning towards home. So let me introduce you to Adam Nettesheim, who will be sharing an excerpt 
from his response to this song. Adam wanders through the arts as a vagabond. Though he still hasn't found what he's looking for, his travels have shown him that God has been weaving the golden thread of his story uh, through our stories since the beginning, and he's not done yet. Adam and his wife Sarah have three children, and they live in northern Colorado. Adam and I both write for The Cultivating Project, so you can find a whole lot more of his stuff there, which I'll link to in the show notes on my website. You can also find Adam over on his personal website, adamrnedesheim.com, and Nedesheim is spelled N-E-T-T-E-S-H-E-I-M, Nedesheim. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram at Vagabond of the Arts. So go find him and check out his other writings. He's such a tender, fun, and open-hearted writer, and I'm so thankful to have him be a part of this book. So please welcome Adam Nedesheim, reading from his essay entitled, Learning to Walk Again. A Child's First Steps Recovery is not always a smooth, level path. We can falter or stumble into an alley or a side street that takes us the long way around or that winds up in a dead end, a place where we must again find our way back to that old road. The force that pulls us towards redemption, the love at the center of life itself, can and will lead us home. But our journey starts by putting one foot in front of the other. What might we expect those first steps to be? Perhaps we can gain some perspective by remembering our first physical steps. Was your first attempt at walking on chubby little toddler legs a success? Did you immediately go striding across the room with a smirk on your lips while executing the occasional handspring just because you could? If you're like most of humanity, the first steps you took probably looked far less successful. Chances are you had tried to stand up many times before and couldn't. When you finally did rise, you wobbled like a hippopotamus on roller skates. Likely you held vertical for a second, wavered, shook, and staggered, and then fell back on your diapered backside. Did shame and doubt stop you from ever trying again? Not likely. This was back when trying new things and failing was a way of life. You weren't yet burdened with the need to perfect every first attempt. Your self-esteem had yet to buckle under the weight of initial ineptitude. Like heroes of old, you and your valiant tender feet did not languish forever. Again and again you would rise anew, only to wibble and wobble and fall over. But every time you learned what didn't work and your legs got stronger with each attempt, and ultimately your caregiver's acceptance and encouragement helped you learn, through much trial and error, to walk. Whether out of tenacious exuberance, a need to be held by the loving arms extended to you, or pulled by the miraculous force that leads us further up and further in, you took your first steps. Look at you go. Oh, you can do it. Keep coming. I'm right here. Just look at me. But these would not be our only first steps. 
Anything newly attempted carries that wibbly-wobbly feeling of our chubby toddler toes in our first Neil Armstrong-esque footfall on the carpet. But beginnings can also be difficult because most anything attempted carries with it the possibility of failure. And even long afterwards, a pang of disappointment, regret, or disillusionment can throb suddenly, just like old bodily injuries do. The way to stop all that discomfort is clear. Don't try things. Or maybe try once, but certainly not twice, because failure wakes the internal magistrate who glowers and sneers and bangs its gavel proclaiming guilty of deficiency, guilty of vulnerability, guilty of being a fool. But if you risk being found in contempt of that critic's court, if you risk looking comical to others, know that the adoring eyes of a heavenly father watches your progress. No step you take towards him, large or small, escapes his delight. He sings into every fiber of your being, giving you just enough courage to try that next step. His love is a balm for the aches that flare up with the memories of past failures. To try, to stand, to fail, to try again and again and again, and then to do, it's hard. It's a big deal. And he is proud of you. Look at you go. Oh, you can do it. Keep coming. I'm right here. Just look at me. Thanks so much, Adam, for reading for us today. Again, you should definitely read the whole essay in the book Only the Lover Sings, which is available now on Amazon. Uh, And the album, the songs, are also available wherever you listen to streaming music online. To close us out this week, I'd like to just read the lyrics to our song for the week, The Return of the Prodigal Son. I am aching, brother, aching for some place to lay my head. I'm searching, darling. I'm searching for a bit of daily bread. Well, I thought I heard you speaking thought I felt you drawing near, like the touch of some old memory that I wait for year to year. Oh, this is the return of the prodigal son. Oh, and still, I keep that picture somewhere in the back of my mind, the one with your hands upon my shoulders, where you held me in a holy light. Someone said, we live our lives on the brink of a great beginning. I'm still praying for that miracle, some glimpse of a happy ending. A fool can hope that someone could be fool enough to show him mercy, to love this dead man back to life. Oh, this is the return of the prodigal son. Okay, friends, I hope that you'll be encouraged 
by this book and by this album. And if you are, would you review it on Amazon? Would you share it with a friend online? That would be a big help. And uh, lastly, it's quite expensive to make albums and books and podcasts, but I would love to have your help making it sustainable. So would you consider becoming a patron partner? You can find out more about that on my website. You can go to matthewclark.net slash partner, where you can give a one-time donation, or you could become a monthly supporter. That would be amazing. Besides that, I hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time on 1000 Words. Thank you.